Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Not to quote Bon Jovi, but we are halfway there and living on a prayer. We have made it through seven out of the 14 games that will take place for each and every team across the UMAC in the regular season still plenty more games to look forward to another recap edition of the pod ryan alongside wyatt as always we are talking here at the end of a long weekend wyatt how you doing before we jump in well first off we like to cite our sources ryan so probably a good thing that you do quote and give (laughs) you know and acknowledge where that comes from what is it that rothstein always does he does like the circa and then he does the year you know so whatever year that that song came out you know just add that in there. i couldn't tell you that i don't know (laughs) no i don't either no worries but i'm doing well uh had a busy weekend myself i'm sure you were as well keeping tabs on some of these games and everything officially the halfway point so this is at the point now especially i guess on the women's side which we'll get into where uh, the race if you're not in the thick of things or even just a game or two out I mean it's going to be really tough to make up that ground so we've officially reached that point and as we head down the uh, back stretch here it's it's really going to be critical for some of these teams to start making their moves and there's a lot of games to recap and kind of say where these teams go from here so looking forward to it it was swing Saturday across the league and plenty of compelling Saturday matchups to chew on. But, Wyatt, as you know, it starts on Friday night. Those Saturday mm-hmm. games are headliners and maybe more eyeballs on them. But the action begins each and every week in this league from here on out on Friday nights. Well, as soon as I say that, I think, you know what? Actually, end of this week, that doesn't happen. We'll, we'll get to that later say, this week. I, but. <laughs> oh, no. It's too good. It's too good. <laughs> So with that, uh, Wyatt, the last couple times we have started on the men's side because they're the games that are played first. But we're going to go ladies first this evening just to keep things interesting and throw out a curveball. And Mr. Morell, I have to give you a shout out when we're looking at Friday night. We're starting on the women's side, but overall on Friday night you went 8-0. and oh. How does that feel, mm. sir? Did you have a crystal ball that I was not allowed to see? I mean, how did this happen? Uh, you know, it must be luck of the Irish, but I'm not Irish, so I don't know what to tell you, Ryan. I guess I, I don't know what happened there. I guess a blind uh, squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. Hey, you know, we it just goes to show, and I mean, you weren't that far behind me in general this week. I, I think we we finally maybe can start to give ourselves a little pat on the back and say, I guess uh, this studying, all this talk about it, we maybe do know what we're talking about because the results are getting better and better. So it was good to see those results go that way. And uh, with how unpredictable the conference has been this year, uh, it, to me at least, we had finally kind of like a normal night on both sides. So it felt good, that's that's for sure. But like I said, you weren't that far, uh, far behind. I mean, 6-2, and two, uh, certainly not too shabby either. 
Yeah, the picture is hopefully becoming uh, more and more clear for you and I, Wyatt, at least as far as the predictions go. But as we've said from the jump of this thing, and we'll continue to say, we're going to get takes wrong. We're going to get predictions wrong. Mm -hmm. We're trying Mm -hmm. to do as best we can, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, you continue to impress overall in the predictions. But, again, just looking at Friday, and we're talking about the woman's side right now officially you went 4-0, I went 3-1. and So let's jump into the woman's side to kick off the weekend. That was on Friday night, the 20th. And this is in no particular order, just referencing the UMAC website. First one, Wyatt, North Central University Rams at the Northland College Lumberjills. Coming in, we mm. said, how many can Miranda Wagner drop? How many field goal attempts is she going to get? We were expecting potentially a close game because Northland had so much at stake. It kind of felt like a must win to open up the weekend. Wagner on the contest only got 10 field goal attempts. And Wyatt, the story of the game, foul trouble for her. Four Mm -hmm. fouls. She's only able to play 15 minutes. If I told you coming in, Miranda Wagner is only going to play 15 minutes, I mean, what kind of a chance would you have given Northland to win this game at home against North Central? Oh, not not good at all. So the fact that it ended up only being a 14-point loss, because, I mean, let's just be honest, you can't have your best player sitting on the bench, uh, whether it's with foul trouble or, or whatever it may be. So a pretty predictable result after you consider how much time she actually did get to play. But it just goes to show, too, though, Ryan, the fact that she put up 10 shots in that 15 minutes. I mean, she, she's she got to be the workhorse for them that's going to be putting up big performances night in and night out. And, I mean, give them credit. They got a couple of girls that stepped up. Uh, Alex Espinoza specifically played the entire game, is able to pour in 18, grab seven rebounds, and, and do a little six assists. Too, so really filled up the stat. She kept them afloat a little bit. But uh, in the end, North Central just a little too much. And uh, a good win for the Rams to kind of kick off their weekend. Full disclosure for me, Ryan, I, I didn't get to follow the games as closely this weekend as far as like tune in or watch the live stats or box scores. I had a lot of wedding stuff going on. So I just want to get that out there. <laughs> and if people are wondering why some of my reactions to the recaps this week, maybe I, I'm not as in-depth or, or maybe don't have quite as much to say. I'm just trying to be honest. I don't want to say something if I don't know for sure what I'm speaking on. So uh, that that was kind of how my weekend went. Uh, I did, of course, get to look at the scores, but usually I get to watch a little bit of the action or like follow along with the live stats uh, every weekend. That was not the case this weekend. So I was just kind of looking at the uh, scores and kind of going to box score hunting. I know you got a chance to watch some of these games, so I'll kind of lean on you as far as if uh, any of these stick out to you particularly or you had a chance to look at the live stats as these were going on. This one, though, I, like I said, I mean, with Wagner only playing 15 minutes it it, it didn't take a genius to tell you what was going to happen North Central took care of business and like I said good start for them uh, on the weekend yeah I echo what you said I mean credit to coach Phillips's club for keeping it as tight as they were able to without you know Miranda really making a big dent in this game but you know shout out to North Central what they got from the bench Kayla Hoyla with 16 points and having a big night for her as an upperclassman leader on that club and then Destiny Hines with 11 off the bench as well if they can do more of that and you know prove that they're going to have consistent bench options night in night out that will take coach Zabla's club definitely to the next level big time weekend for the Rams we will get to their next result in a little bit but they open up their weekend with a win at Northland next up Wyatt This is the one we kind of had circled as the one to look at on Friday night, if not the one to look at all weekend long. Northwestern, still unbeaten, coming in at 5-0 in a superior club that kind of struggling a little bit coming in at 3-2 after starting 3-0. And I did get to see most of this ball game, and 
it was a uh, it was tough from time to time, as you could see yeah. by the final score. Wide of forty six to forty one, the Eagles shoot it at thirty seven percent from the field. The Jackets on their home floor at just twenty six percent. I'm gonna kind of do what I've done in the past, Wyatt. I can share more on this one, but when you saw the score of this one and looked at the box score, are there any takeaways or thoughts that you had? And then I can, I guess, kind of confirm or deny those and add some context. Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind when you see a score like this is it was a rock fight. So I want to know if that was the case or or if there was uh, something more to this game. The other thing that jumps out is that Superior did manage to get 17 more shots than Northwestern did in this game, according to the box score at least, 58-41, to and yet Northwestern still able to win the game. So I I don't know. I guess I I don't really have a whole lot to say. I I know that uh, the over-under would not have been anywhere near, uh, you know, 87 points, which is what was scored. I mean, as good as these teams are defensively and high level that they can play on that end of the floor, I think we both were expecting some more points. But again, I think the biggest storyline to take away from this is Northwestern is still finding ways to win games, and I don't think they're playing their best basketball still. I mean, they didn't shoot the ball well. They only made one three on the road like this in a game where you're playing arguably the, the team that's maybe going to challenge you the most for the conference title at, at this point. I mean, I know uh, there's other teams doing some good things, and we'll get into that. But uh, if you go on the road, manage to shoot one for 15 from deep, you get outshot, you know, you shoot 41 times, the other team puts up 58 shots, and you find a way to win, uh, I, any way you want to slice it, it's impressive to me. So was it kind of a rock fight based on what you saw, or, or was there more to this? What kind of stood out to you? But that's just my initial takeaways from looking at the box score. Yeah, that's good stuff, Wyatt. Um, I, I'm watching this game. I honestly said for the Jackets, this is exactly how I want this thing to be played out. Because we talked about it in the preview pod coming in. If Northwestern scores 60, especially 65 plus, if they're getting near 70, it kind of feels like advantage Eagles. And I said coming into this matchup, if this is a half court ball game where either side, a full court pressure and turning the ball over is not really too big of a factor, you like the Eagles' chances. Well, you look at the stat sheet, that's kind of what it felt like, Wyatt. We talked about coming in. What would we see from Coach Carpenter and her club as far as the pressure that they applied on Northwestern taking it up the floor? I thought we'd see a little more. Okay, the Eagles still coughed it up 12 times, but they've definitely had more than that this season. The Jackets are plus four in that turnover battle. They only cough it up eight times, so they're maximizing their opportunities possession-wise. And you mentioned it, Wyatt. The Eagles are just one of 15 from deep. Jackets not much better. I mean, they made five of them, but they attempted 22. So that's just good for 23% from deep. So if I'm superior, I'm looking at this one and saying it's a missed opportunity. Because like you mentioned, I mean, the Eagles not playing their best on the road. I mean, credit to them for finding a way to win the ball game and do what they needed down the stretch. But not a good shooting night for them at all. I mean, Lexi Hagen, who's one of the player of the year candidates in the conference that we've talked about, doesn't make a three. Is only three of 12 from the field overall. She's the only Eagle, period, in double figures. And so, again, credit to Northwestern for finding a way. But the biggest thing that sticks out to me is the Jackets kind of had the formula that they wanted to play in this ball game, where you don't even have to get to 50 to win the game, and you have a chance late at home to snap a losing streak and find a way to stay tight with Northwestern. And they just couldn't find a way down the stretch to get a timely bucket to make it happen. So... I think that one stings a little bit, pardon the pun, for the Jackets. Oh, and oh. uh, we're, we're going to have more on them in just a moment uh, looking at their results from Saturday. 
So, so you're saying Northwestern should be a little concerned, though, even though they got the win, just because a team maybe put together a formula to take them down. Sure, if you want to put it that way, or you could also look at it from the standpoint of if you're an Eagles supporter, you could say, well, one of these contests was going to come where we were going to have a really, really yeah. rough shooting performance, and we'll just see somehow if they can bounce back from that and be better later. Well, yeah, you can say bounce back, but it's bouncing back from a win. I mean, I think if you gave all these numbers to Coach Call and his staff coming in that you're only going to make one three ball like you mentioned, you're only going to score 46 points in the ball game, and your best player, I would say pretty clearly, Lexi Hagan, is going to have a tough shooting night. Oh, yeah, and you're still going to win on the road. Yeah. Like, hey, you never, <laughs> you never have that. to apologize for a win. You never have to apologize for a win. So they're happy they got the win, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Those are two of the matchups from Friday evening. Next up, let's go out to Mankato, Wyatt. This a rematch from the one versus the four and last year's UMAC semis, Bethany being the one, Morris being the four. Bethany hosting Morris, and they – you know, maybe not desperate coming in, Wyatt, but uh, they were sure eager to try to get back on their home floor and make a statement against a Morris club where you and I said it feels like they're starting to move in the right direction and they got their mojo back. Both you and I took the Cougars on the road in this matchup and Coach Groh's club delivered. We talked about the defense coming into this matchup, wide and what they could do on that end. Job well done. They forced 22 turnovers, similar to what we saw in that semifinal last year. But I have that pause, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because know. they also turned it over <laughs> 22 times themselves. So I'll yep. hand it over to you, Wyatt. What stuck out in this one as you did box score hunting, looking at the result here, Morris on top of the Vikings 62-51? I'm ready to officially say that Morris uh, has put the rest of the conference on notice, that they're starting to play the kind of basketball everybody thought they could at the beginning of the year that made them a potential favorite to go win this thing and it's uh, scary for the rest of these teams another thing that really sticks out they they're doing it with a lot of different you know players that that are leading the charge i mean you you could easily argue up to this point that's the best performance we've seen from jay quate i mean right yes. uh, both I mean, ends of the floor points. she's huge yep but, yeah, absolutely. So if she can play like that, four steals as well, like you said, defensively, uh, a huge presence for this team. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was she the defensive player of the year last year? She was. The first yeah, ever so, time it's been awarded, she got it. So, so you don't even necessarily, you know, maybe have to look at her as an offensive player, but it just goes to show she can obviously do that as well. So I, I just think Morris is extremely balanced. There's different players you can put in and kind of just insert and they can go and, and help you on any given night. And I really do think they're starting to play their best basketball. Just imagine if they can get that turnover number down. So that's the next step. But like you said, at least they're forcing 22 turnovers on the flip side. So that's why I would say about Morris for Bethany. Uh, again, it's one of those deals. I just I think they're struggling to still find their identity. They've gone through some things this year. It's been a tough year, a transition kind of period, if you want to call it that. And uh, they, they still got some time to figure it out. But there's definitely cause for concern if you're a Bethany fan. Uh, that, that panic button, I guess, or the three of them, as you say, that are lined up, to me, I'd be getting ready to press uh, two, if not three of them right now. So one, maybe two of the red lights are flashing. Yeah, well, two, I would say, out okay. of the three are flashing, I okay. guess, is the way I look at it. Yeah, uh, that's valid, Wyatt. I'm going to talk about this more in a little bit when we look at Bethany's result from Saturday, but I think they're starting to get a go-to as far as who's got to lead the way scoring. It's got to be Ashley Schindel. you got to get her three-point looks, room to operate. I told you a few weeks back, 
I guess it was just a week ago Saturday when they took on Northwestern. I was surprised with how long it took her to get into the flow of the game and get shot attempts for Bethany against the Eagles. It feels like she's maybe got to be their go-to scorer, especially from the outside. And then on the inside, it's Lexis Trigg. And she isn't starting at this point, but when she only puts up two points off the bench, it's going to be tough sledding for Bethany, especially when you couple with that, that you turn it over 22 times. So more on them in a little bit, but uh, I agree. This was definitely a putting the league on notice performance for the Cougars, not just winning at Bethany, but doing it in convincing fashion by 11 points. That victory for Morris moved them in conference play to two. No, wait, that moved them to... Uh, three and three at the time with, with the win. Three and three Morris. at the time with the win. Thank you. Yes, yeah. that is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm double-checking here. Yes, they were two and three coming in. Three and three after that victory. Okay, finally, on Friday night. This is one where you and I were split on. Big Mm -hmm. time matchup at the Luther Student Center out in New Ulm with the Knights. Hosting Crown College and coming in, Wyatt, there was a sense of desperation for Martin Luther being one and four. But they had some mojo coming in off the win at North Central that took place for them in their last matchup last Saturday. You went with the Polars. I went with the Knights. And I'm not trying to be the excuse computer, Wyatt, but, 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 I do have to note, player who's on my squad, who I think you could have a good argument for, is their best player. It's the dynamic guard tandem I talked about last week. Jordan Heckendorf, yes, but also Lydia Fight, the freshman. She was unavailable this weekend. I Mm. did not know that coming in, and I think that made a huge difference. All credit to Crown for finding a way. A huge second quarter was the difference to win by seven. I'll be quiet and let you break this one down, Wyatt. But Crown taking advantage, fight out of the game, and what a performance one more time by the duo who really leads the way for the Polars this season. Yeah, so this is what I'm going to start doing on this show is that I'm going to talk about the winning team first and then we'll get to the the team that lost that's only right to talk about the team that won they deserve sure. to be talked about first so when you talk about crown and, and the way that they were able to get this done again again it's the one-two punch of hecox and latsky and it's no surprise at this point that uh, shooters shoot and they're going to keep shooting for this team and trying to lead the charge and help in so many different ways uh you know it was one of those games they didn't put up a ton of points you, you know 61 but it was enough to get the win and anytime you went on the road in the umac that's a good thing they also shot the free throw ball well enough uh as you can see 15 for 23 which i think is important and uh overall uh, again any win in the umac on the road especially with the way we've seen things go this year has got to be a good thing so they're they're one of the hottest teams if not the hottest teams in the conference right now and it's been really fun to watch them kind of grow this year under a new head coach in his first year so bridgeport tussler's done a great job over there and i'm excited to see what they can continue to do moving forward on the flip side for martin luther i understand you you know you're missing a key player heckendorf did everything she could to try and will her team to a win though i mean 14 and 14 i mean holy cow just whatever it takes mentality so shout out to her Uh, she was balling out there on friday night honestly though i I don't really know look nothing really stands out as like terrible in this box score for martin luther it wasn't like they they were terrible i mean sure they turned it over 16 times they eight for 26 from three it's not terrible 19 for 60 from the field i guess you'd want that to be better but it honestly wasn't one specific thing to me that did them in it was just 
everything wasn't just quite good enough, I guess, for the Knights in this one. So again, you're playing a hot team like Crown. You're going to have to be on your B-plus, A-minus game probably if you want to get a win, and I guess they weren't on Friday night. So that's the way I look at it for both these teams. I guess my question for you would be to bring up the John Calipari line again. You were in the back. You were hanging on tight to the railings of the bandwagon. Are you off it again? I mean, you, you said you never jumped off at any point. Are you considering that option now at, at this point in the season? Here's what I'll say to that, Wyatt. At the end of this weekend and with where Martin Luther's at, it really doesn't even matter where I'm at. You it's it's going to be tough. It, they just may be <laughs> off the road at this point because it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to find a path where they're even going to have an opportunity in the last weekend or two of the season to get the final playoff spot. And I just feel bad for him because, again, I don't know what the deal is with Lydia fight if she's, you know, ill or injured or what the deal was, why she wasn't able so, to play this weekend. Well, so to be clear, she did. We haven't got to Saturday, but she missed that game as well. Yes. Yep. Okay. She did not play at all this weekend. And two huge home games where it kind of felt like they had to have it. So, no, credit to Crown, and I think it's similar to Morris White, and we're going to talk more about Crown here in a moment. They can even go to another level if they can take care of the basketball. They coughed it up 21 times and still won by yeah. seven on the road. So they're kind of similar to Morris where their spots, yeah, they're still winning. But if you can find a way to take better better care of the basketball, if I can spit that out, you're going to have even better chances when we get into late February and you potentially want to pick up a playoff win and make some noise and try to go potentially win a conference title, what separates the teams that are good from those who are great and at the top level. I mean, when we talk about Crown and Morris, it really starts with how you take care of the basketball. Well, and I think it's a common theme in general with the conference, especially those two in particular. I agree, but I would say it's more so at the forefront this year than it has been in years past. You know what I mean? Yep. On the women's side, anyways. I especially think it's on much, the women's side, yep. Much, much bigger storyline this year as far as some of these teams that we consider maybe as competitors up there near the top. They're still turning the ball over quite a bit, so I agree. That's absolutely something as we hit this back stretch of the season and get into the conference tournament, that, that will be a huge difference maker and who's, uh, you know, cutting down the nets, I guess, uh, in late February. All righty, Wyatt. We are through with Friday night results on the women's side. We're going to continue with Saturdays. Before we do Saturdays, I will let the audience know that Wyatt did not go 4-for-4, four four, unfortunately, on Saturday. But you went 3-1. I went 3-1 and one as well, each of us getting one selection wrong. We'll get to that in a moment. But we're, we're continuing to stay above water and continue to – Tack ones in the left column more than in the right column. Hey, this, absolutely. This was one of our better <laughs> weekends by far. It right? was. I, I mean, we, we're improving. We're bettering our best. That's all you can ask for. Yes, absolutely. All right, the first one, we uh, both had the Cougars in this one. Kind of felt like it had to be a must, must spot for Martin Luther after they filled a crown on Friday night. And this one from the jump, Wyatt, was never really close. And here's the difference with Morris. Nine mm -hmm. turnovers. I yeah. mean, what what a relief for Coach Grove and his staff saying, finally, we got a performance where we're taking care of the basketball, but then we're not just doing that. We're turning over the other side as well, forcing 22 turnovers. When you can be plus 13, Wyatt, in that category, that opens up everything, especially for this Morris club when they are at their best. Mallory Anderson, a player on your squad, Wyatt, leading the charge with a big day. 11 points, 5 boards, 6 assists to lead the way, and also leading the way with 5 steals. This was a exclamation point to finish out a strong road weekend for the Minnesota Morris Cougars. 
Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about this one, at least for me. You know, it's the Sarah McLaughlin special right from the get-go, basically. <laughs> Morris was in control of this one. And, and you know, to go back to your point about Morris and what's been impressive about them, yes, they get the uh, nine turnovers only, which is good, but look at the box score for points. 11 different people scoring. Mallory Anderson's the leader with 11, so the balance in this game. Yep. You know, we've been mentioning that it's one or two players that typically uh, kind of lead the charge and they can be different. Well, this game, everybody kind of just balanced each other out, which I think is impressive as well because it's showing uh, they can win in a lot of different ways. They can beat you in a lot of different ways with, you know, how they want to distribute the points and the scoring and everything. So great effort for them. All things considered, I, I don't know if you could have realistically expected a much better weekend if you're Morris. I mean, I'm sure you, you maybe could have cleaned things up I guess a little bit on Friday night, but to go two and zero and to win like you did on Saturday, I mean that's almost a perfect weekend for the Cougars. That solidifies themselves right back up there uh, near the top as one of the top, uh, I guess, competitors to Northwestern right now, who, who's kind of starting to run away with the conference a little bit. We'll talk about that in a second. For Martin Luther again, not a whole lot to say. Uh, it's been a little disappointing for them again, not having, you know, your, I, I, I don't want to necessarily call her the best player, but one of the best players on the team, uh, be able to go this weekend was obviously something that hampered them a little bit. Yeah. Why? Well, if she's not the best player, she is one B to the one A B in Jordan mm-hmm. Heckendorf. So you feel bad for them and yeah, not much more to say on Morris. And when you looked a few weeks ago, and there was probably some panic from some people, and they were 0-3, and you and I kept saying, hey, they have the experience. It feels like it's going to come together eventually. Don't look now, but four in a row, four Morris back up above yeah. 500 after what was a tumultuous start and probably had some people questioning some things, but they are providing some answers as of late. All right, this next one here, North Central capping off a big-time weekend. I mentioned them a little bit earlier with the victory that they had over Northland, and I said there's more to come. Well, here's the more of that portion, Wyatt. Taking down the Yellow Jackets 64-51, to a big opening quarter, and the Jackets tried to recover. They got in a spot where, if I can do some math here real quickly, is uh, we're having some issues with this. Um, they were up by... Nine put they were ten, six okay, they were up by four heading into the fourth after the Jackets made a little push, but starting the game and ending the game on high notes, really, really strong first and fourth quarters for Norris Central. Jackets do a little more offensively, Wyatt, on Saturday on their home floor. Again, they're coming in at three and three, just lost to Northwestern. They've lost their last three contests, desperately looking for a win. North Central's feeling good after beating Northland on the road. So you know the Jackets are going to be desperate, but North Central's feeling good as well. One more time, though, for North Central Wyatt. They don't always shoot a ton of threes this season. It's different than what we saw last year, hashtag downtown you. I know you love that more than anything, especially with Coach Bruner's club. Don't Mm -hmm. be shy, let it fly. They -hmm. were a little shy on Saturday, Wyatt, but that's okay. They only attempted 10 of them, knocking down 7 of them. 70% from downtown. 54% from the field. Yeah, they had some troubles on the glass. The Superior was able to get a lot of second-chance opportunities, but it didn't matter when you shoot that well from the field. And for North Central, it's huge, Wyatt, because the combination that we talk about so much of Mabane and Telso, and for good reason, Mabane had a deep, and I mean deep three late in this ballgame. I was able to watch near uh, the last couple minutes of this one. She only had five points, though, only one triple. Caitlin Vanderplug. 
Finally stepping up for your club, White. Big-time performance. Mm-hmm. 17 points and 8 boards leading the way for her club in this contest. And then again, another storyline for the Rams bench scoring this weekend. You get 9 from Bryce Brewster. You get a couple triples from the freshman Trader, And then Kayla Hola again down low picking up 8 points. If they can get some bench scoring, White, to combine with some of their leaders doing some things... Maybe not going to pop off the page as far as what we've seen in the past. It's a different look, though, and I'm telling this to myself, okay? So all Rams supporters listening to this, I'm just saying what I've said all season long. They look a lot different than last year. I know. Forget about last year's. Ryan, shut up. Bruner's not there. So many of the players that they've had are no longer with the squad, but there's a big but. Still a lot of talent for this Rams club, and they, wide, I feel like have the pieces to say if there's any challenger to Northwestern who who would have the best opportunity to knock them off in the postseason I mean you can make a case that North Central has the best chance to do that we can maybe talk about that in an overarching discussion a little bit later but disappointment continues for Superior where they cannot find a way I mean Dobson was on the mark with four or six from downtown she was the leader but no one else really able to get going no one else had a three ball on the whole squad and after a 3-0 and start, Wyatt, there is some uh, soul-searching for the young head coach, Emily Carpenter, and her club. Well, for North Central, and uh, shout-out to you know their fan base. They wanted to interact with us a little bit on Twitter here over the weekend, which is great. They, they were calling us out a little bit, Ryan. Uh, I'm just going to call him Mike. I feel like we're close enough now after our Twitter <laughs> exchange that we, I can just call him Mike. But uh, I appreciate that he reached out to us and uh, said, you know, we, we weren't giving him as much love. I think he's talking to you specifically. I don't yeah. personally ever remember not giving yep. either of these teams love. I actually thought I was on board with both of them. But uh, he, he was like, you know, you, you guys got to, you know, come to us if you need some information. And first off, we don't have the time to do that. So if you want to come to <laughs> us, we're more than welcome with that. We're not going to come to you. If you want to come to us, that's great. We appreciate that. Uh, encourage that. We love interacting with you. So, again, thank you for, for tweeting at us. That's what we want. Uh, and, and you know what? He's right, though, as far as uh, – and that's why you retracted your statements a couple of times about this uh, well, women's team. And, 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 and if you I can just in, said they might be their biggest competitor in Northwestern. And if I can now. insert myself real quickly, Wyatt. Go ahead. For those who listened to the preview pod last week, my tenors continually changed. I admitted that. I said if you asked me a few weeks ago, I'd say, oh, I probably wouldn't be taking – the Rams on the road at the Jackets, but in this yeah. matchup on Saturday, Wyatt, just to put it out in the ether, I've been the one that's always been knocking them, and I get why you took the Jackets, but you took the Jackets in this one, and guess who? I guess did. who Ryan took? He he took the Rams. Hey. And guess who well, won? So, so maybe maybe it was a little bit directed <laughs> at me. I don't know. Here's here's what I'll say is I don't think they're going to let you over there at downtown. You live this down very, very that's much, okay. though, with, with the way the season's been I will have – I will have Ron takes on this pod as long as we are doing it. We're going to take our shots. Some of them are going to hit, but uh, some of them are going to miss. But as our guy likes to say, Wyatt, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So we're going to continue to take them. By our guy, you mean Michael Scott, right? No, yeah. Not Wayne Gretzky. No, 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 no. That uh, was Michael Scott, first and foremost. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Love to hear that. Hey, and, and so first off, thank you again, Mike, though, for, for giving us the shout-out and saying people should tune in. Appreciate that you enjoy it. Uh, we, we love doing the pod and, and glad to hear we got some supporters over there that uh, enjoy listening to it. So wishing, uh, of course, both North Central teams the best of luck as with the rest of the teams the rest of the way. And uh, on the women's side, hey, they, they proved uh, once again, like you said, with this win over Superior, 
Superior that they're going to be right in the thick of things uh, coming down the stretch this year. It was a very good weekend for the Rams. But yeah, I, I guess for Superior, what I would say is, yes, it's a disappointing weekend, but neither of these losses are bad losses, Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. They're in a little bit of a slide right now. You're back below 500, but there's still a team that that can do damage and i honestly on any given night i still think they would have a chance to beat anybody in this conference you know what i mean yeah biggest question with them right now Wyatt, is how they find more ways to put the ball in the basket i mean sometimes mm-hmm. there's no getting around it and their announcers were saying it left and right both friday and saturday ah good looks again but uh the girls just cannot seem to find a way especially that yeah, big shot when the other team's going on a run I mean, sometimes the game of basketball, why it can be very, very simple, and uh, we try to complicate it a little too much. I've, I've noticed on the women's side, and no, I'm not going to go and stat check every single game this year, but if you have two quarters where you're below 10 points, you're, you're not winning it hurts. the game. You can, yep. you can get away with one sometimes, as we see, but uh, more times than not, if you have at least two of the four where, where you're below 10, uh, you just can't go for that long stretch of time with, without scoring enough, and, and that's been the issue for Superior, like you said, as of late, so... Nothing more on that one, Wyatt. We can uh, move forward to the next one on the docket here as we look at it on Saturday. Let's go back to Ashland, Wisconsin. Tough performance for Northwestern on the road in their win at Superior in that matchup Friday night. Different story on Saturday, okay? We kind of talked about, you know, a couple moments ago, one of these performances was probably coming at some point. And I know it's a different opponent, it's a different scenario, but Wyatt, man, oh man, did Northwestern ever turn the dial offensively in this performance? 50% from the field, 41% from downtown, headlined by some huge performances off the bench. And for Northland, this was kind of all eggs in the basket, similar to what Martin Luther was dealing with, Wyatt, on the women's side this weekend, where both those sides had home contests. Not easy tests whatsoever. But you knew coming out, it kind of feels like now or never. And unfortunately for Lumberjill and Knight supporters, it was never. And the time just didn't come for them. And Northwestern, one more time, Wyatt, I don't know how many times I've seen it this season. We talked about it a lot on the pod last year, how they kind of have some slow starts. But if you got into a game in the second half late with all the veterans they had on that club and that awesome senior class, they found a way more times than not. Give Coach Cole and his staff credit. I don't know what's in the water this year, Wyatt, out in Roseville, but they are coming out with a bane left and right. I don't know how many games there's been this season. I should have looked this up before we started recording. But where Northwestern has had 20-plus points in the opening quarter, they do it again Saturday in Ashland with 24 points. They double up the Jills, and they never look back. And you've been waiting for this performance, Wyatt, for your club. You should give a shout-out to the sophomore out of Pine River. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to give a shout-out to two players. So that's really all I have to say about this one. There's there's not a whole lot other than I just want to shout-out to Riley Hershey and Miranda Wagner gets a shout-out as well, even in the losing effort, because she is filling up the fantasy sheet for me in this one as well. So uh, I kind of uh, pulled away from you there. And uh, Hey, we're, we're still I, in I it. We're still it. in it. You know, my, well, club, though, had three, though? my mean, club had three players who didn't even step on the floor, I mean, and that's the bigger you, issue. So. Well, you got one that's not coming back. So we, again, that's need to problem. kind of talk about what we want to do about that. So we, we, we will have a discussion maybe before the games this upcoming weekend on how we want to do that. But, uh, yeah, I feel very confident about my lead there on the women's side and uh, they both deserve a shout out like you said uh, Hershey seven for 13 five triples you love to see that seven boards and it wasn't only just in, her four other in four 22 minutes in double figures yeah 19 exactly. and seven in oh, 22 minutes 
She's the the nick you know the nickname they had the microwave basically. She's the yes. microwave of the UMAC, you know. Put it Eat into in existence. Love love to hear that. So uh, good performance for her in general, like you said, Northwestern cruise control the whole way and uh, seven and zero. Oh, uh, really, at this point, the conference is theirs to lose in the regular season with the lead they've been able to build up as everybody else have beaten up on each other. So uh, they they are in a great spot to uh, have a chance to close this thing out, maybe even before the final weekend if they keep playing the way they have been. Yeah, that definitely can be a possibility, Wyatt, where when we get into next month, you start to count up, okay, how many more do they need where this thing could be over? And you could talk about, you know, I don't know how Coach Call and his assistants talk about resting players and whatnot. And some people listening to this are saying, why are you even talking about that right now? I don't know, that's, because that's, it's that's possible. That's rat poison, Ryan. <laughs> no, that's rat poison. Coach Call doesn't want to hear oh, anything yeah. about that. They're focused on the next step at hand. You know, you know, I mean? you know Aaron Wyatt. I mean, he is locked in. He doesn't hear any of the noise. Rumor is he doesn't even go on social media, period. I mean, the guy is just absolutely buried in what's going on. Yeah, Uh, that's one way to put it. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. He's probably happier for it with uh, all the stuff social media and these days. I I applaud people that can, can stay off, so. Yeah. Yeah, that that quote, those year dark thirty, is from from a guy where, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really take it from him. I'm not I'm not a big current twenty three guy. I'm, I'm, the vintage twenty three is who I pull for, and I will just leave it there and not name names. Anything else on that okay. one? Northwestern and Northwestern. no, let's that's that's fine with me. Again, I didn't really have a whole lot for that one. I'm ready to get to this last one because a little bit of a surprising result, I think. Not not necessarily surprising, but with the way the two teams had been playing, I guess you could maybe make that argument. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can, Wyatt. And as we look at this one, both you and I did take Bethany in this matchup, but we we wiffle-waffled a little bit on this one. No, I'm wrong. I was looking at the wrong column. I was going to say I thought I took Crown. I did take Crown. I was wrong. I took the Polars. (laughs) You took the Vikings. Trying to steal points. I get it. I mean, you're you're only five (laughs) games back. I mean, it's not like you're in complete desperation mode yet, Ryan. Come on. Yeah, uh, I am not in desperation mode yet. And uh, thank you to Mr. Bauman for continually counting these up so we don't have Mm -hmm. to do the math. So I I do appreciate him getting that ready. I got to text him back. I totally forgot to respond to him. I hope he, he doesn't think I'm ignoring him. So <laughs> I might, might do that here while you, you go through I was just going to uh, say, you go ahead and do that <laughs> right now as I'll uh, ramble on yeah, here a little go, bit. Go for it. So let's talk about the winning team first, White. I like that you mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. sprinkled in earlier Ashley Shindell. She had a good evening on Friday night and a losing effort, though. She continued in fuego to launch them from downtown six of nine from deep leading the way with 24 points tack on six boards as well for the sharpshooter for the vikings my fantasy squad needed that big time just to stay uh within shouting distance of wyatt so do appreciate that and then also i mentioned earlier lexis trigg the presence that she has on the inside she had foul trouble in this game wyatt but seven of eight from the field in just 13 minutes she has 17 points i mean that is ultra effective dare i say geisfeld-esque efficiency well, for yeah, a viking yeah. post player efficiency <laughs> I, i'm not saying I mean, that she is saying you. that geisfeld but just uh to be seven of eight and drop 17 points in 13 minutes mighty impressive for her and yeah kind of a performance that some people maybe didn't expect where bethany absolutely still someone you cannot count out but it's been a tough stretch for them and they really kind of needed a win on their home floor. Why you could argue coming into this matchup is Bethany coming in to the contest was two and four, and Crown was feeling real good, extending that win streak after their win on Friday. They were coming in at four and two. 
Bethany needed it more, and you could maybe say, hey, they played like it, so give them credit to come up with the goods in this matchup. Similar to Northwestern, like I talked about moments ago, huge first quarter, 11-point lead. Crown was always chasing from there, had a strong third quarter to give themselves a chance, but down the stretch just could not find a way. And I, folks, you, you can say I'm full of baloney. I wanted to watch the last six, seven minutes of this game. The stream didn't work. So, uh, but Bethany, I'm going to get to you more in a little bit about the stream. And I really did enjoy oh, it on the men's okay. side. I okay. was I was locked in for almost that whole game, and that was an absolute barn burner in Mankato. We're going to get to that one a little bit. But uh, there's someone behind the scenes. I don't know what the deal is. I'm not trying to put him on blast, but I'm just being honest. There are some Minnesota State Mankato ice hockey super feds for uh, Bethany Lutheran Productions. I'm just going to put it that way because – one time during Friday night's action against Morris where I had it on, the, the sound that was playing over the call, Wyatt, was from clearly a television or radio broadcast of Mavericks hockey <laughs> instead of the, the, the Vikings game that was happening. Oh, that is... And then on Saturday, sounds... I'm trying to watch the fourth quarter of this game, and on the screen is the intermission report on the CCHA network for Minnesota State Mavericks hockey. That, that was literally what was being broadcast, not what was happening in the North Gym. So so wow. some button was pushed incorrectly or something. So if anyone's listening who's part of that production, hey, you, you guys really do a good job most of the time, and I do appreciate it. But I was trying to watch down the stretch, and it, it was most not happening. So Because you remember what happened last year, Wyatt, when it was uh, Crown Bethany on that Friday night. You and I both remember that. Yeah, don't oh, you? I remember it well. I remember it well. I, I'm not going to go into what you just did there and just start calling people out necessarily. Hey, you know, it sounds like something I would dare to try and do, but I would just make sure the volume wouldn't play over the... I, I mean, let's be honest. Kevin Harlan has even been known for calling two games at once. So, I yeah. mean, you can do it. You just got to be smart about how you do it. So, yeah. uh, that's, that's what I'll say about that. But... Uh, hey, look, as far as the game goes it, itself, I'm going to get back to that. Go ahead. I, I apologize if you already said this and I missed it. I wasn't really listening. I was just waiting for my turn to talk. But okay. uh, 25 assists on 26 shots. Did you mention that? Yet? I did not That's say that. Good note. Yeah. 25 assists on 26 shots. I don't know if Coach Jones like went in the locker room before the game and said, we're going to make four passes before we can shoot, and he pulled the Hoosiers <laughs> line on him. But team basketball against the Crown College uh, – I was going to call him the Storm. But you did it. Now. But I got to catch myself. I did. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. But uh, seriously, I mean, when was the last time you can look at any box score and say that? I mean, that's incredible when you think about it. So shout out to the Vikings. A huge bounce back win for them and maybe some positive momentum moving forward in the back half of the season. As for Crown, you live and die with three. Uh, you only make one. You're, you're not going to win the game. And Latsky yep. and Hecox were 0 for 9. So they, they know what their identity is. Uh, they just were not able to find the stroke, I guess, on Saturday. I like it, though. Coach Tussler. Hey, polar supporters, shooters shoot. I know, I know it hurts on you. Saturday on the road and your win streak ends, but why didn't I have said it throughout the season? And I think why we're going to continue to pound the table. That feels like the recipe. They're a little bit undersized. I agree. I don't feel like their greatest strength is scoring in the paint. Not that they can't do it, but you're going to have to be successful from deep. They weren't on Saturday and it hurt. And I'm glad that you mentioned the assists that they had, Wyatt. I shouted out Ashley Shindell and Lexis Trigg, but Sarah Kotke, Wyatt, almost a triple-double. And, yeah. you know, she's not even necessarily a guard. You could call her a point forward, I guess, but 13 points, 11 assists, and 7 boards. I mean, she only puts up 7 shots in the ball game, but she absolutely controls everything Efficient. throughout the action on Saturday night. So shout-out to her. And 
Wyatt, that's as big of a win as Bethany's had this whole season when they really needed it. Because I don't know the last time you could look at when they are 2-4 and four in UMAC play and in a spot like that, they delivered, though. So give uh, give Bethany credit on Saturday. You don't want to say it was a must win, but it kind of felt like it, it was to a certain extent, just for a, even a confidence boost as they get ready for their last seven conference games. So after all of that, Northwestern sitting 7-0, and North Central's two games behind them in second, and then it's just a big mix in the middle. You got Crown and Morris both 4-3, and three, Superior Bethany 3-4, and four, and then they're not officially out, but we're kind of ready to rule that yeah. the case with Martin Luther, Northland. They're 1-6. I mean, what would need to happen for them to get back <laughs> into it is yeah. a little far-fetched, <laughs> I guess, is the, the best way to say it. So uh, it's kind of six teams, but any one of the six could still make it. So it's, uh, it's kind of uh, exciting. And with how we've seen this uh, season go, I- I'd be saying Northwestern isn't even technically safe yet. Y- you just never know. I mean, Superior was 3-0. They lost four straight. So you, you got to keep that foot on the gas pedal, and it's going to be a fun uh, back half of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, the two to the six is just an absolute scramble right now. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not much separating those clubs. So who's to say that superior and Bethany couldn't find themselves in the top half in a couple weeks when we look at it, who knows, but there's going to be plenty of compelling contests. But yeah, as you said, I mean, Northwestern's put themselves in a good spot, Wyatt. I mean, what would you say the percentage chances right now? I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you absolutely love when I do this, that Northwestern is the number one seed percent chance as we sit here halfway home. Let's put it this way right now. I'd say 80 Okay. If they win on Saturday, considering they're playing North Central, that goes all the way up to like a 90-95. So that's a big game you're saying coming up. You're looking ahead of it. I mean, if, <laughs> if they get the sweep against North Central, who's in second place right now, to me the only other team that I could see catching them and at this point would be Morris. Yeah. With the way they've been playing, you know, I don't, I don't think, and I get crowns four and three as well. But then you got Superior and Bethany both three and four, so they would be at least at the bare minimum four games back. And, and Morris and Crown, they play each other, so one of them is going to be four games back as well. Northwestern would have a three-game lead on at least everybody if they win on Saturday, Ryan. So I, I think it goes all the way up to ninety-five percent almost if if they were to win this game. So yeah, as far as the one seed goes, it's a massive game on Saturday, which we'll talk about in the preview pod. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that one, Wyatt. But we will get to that in a future conversation, as you noted. So as we mentioned, that is uh, all the matchups on the women's side. Job well done, Mister Morell. A great weekend for you. You go appreciate that seven and one. I go six and two. So just a game back on uh, the results for our predictions from this weekend on the women's side. All right, let's flip over to the men's side. Plenty of compelling matchups coming in that we talked about, and uh, a lot of them. Lived up to the hype. Let's begin at the site, Wyatt, that was the place to be. In our hypothetical, when we talked last week, you said that you'd like to be locked in the Mertz, sleeping in those bleachers because they're a little more well, comfortable and have some well. more lumbar support than the ones at the North Gym. But I, turns out you probably should have been in Mankato. I didn't say I'd like to be. I said if you made me pick a spot, that's, that's where I would have chosen. I, I wouldn't like to be locked in and forced to sleep at any basketball gym, but that's where I would have been. You're right, though. With the way the results went, holy cow. I mean, how, how do you follow up a overtime game on Friday night, Ryan? 
You come back you, you on do Saturday. It again. And you, you, you do it again. <laughs> what, what a weekend in Mankato, but we got to start on Friday. So you want to start there, I'm assuming, with that game that was between yeah. the Vikings and the Cougars? You go ahead and start on these men's ones. You you run with it to start here. Okay, well, again, unfortunately, I didn't get to, like, watch them, but just based on looking at the box scores, which I was able to do, my guy Hunter Nielsen, yeah. huge performance from him. Love to see that. 20-12, and 12, he puts up the double-double. Again, Bethany is so balanced, so they have so many different guys that can hurt you playing significant minutes. I mean, Xavier Patterson is a guy that's coming off the bench. He would start for a lot of teams in this conference. He's pouring in 15, grabbing six boards. What a win for Bethany to get this win over Morris. Morris gave him a scare coming back in the second half after trailing at half by six. Thought maybe they were going to have enough in them, but then in overtime, uh, I'm going to pull up the play-by-play quick to just remember exactly how it went. Uh, they kind of went back and forth. Morris, honestly, they, they looked like they were in a great spot, but uh, Jack Madsen knocks down a three with a minute 20 left, and basically that kick starts an impressive 7 to nothing run that basically put the game out away, and then they made their free throws and they win the game. So uh, good job for Bethany to survive and advance, if you want to put it that way, on their home court. A fantastic game. And again, what's the big theme with Minnesota Morris this year, Ryan? They don't really blow anybody out, and they don't get blown out. All their games are close. Like, it's just they're either going to win a close one or they're going to fall in a close one. So uh, another tough one for the Cougars here that dropped them to 3-3. Three and three. And for Bethany, a great bounce back after their last game was the one against uh, Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, so much to unpack in this one, Wyatt, but I agree with you. I mean, I'm going to flip it from what we have been doing. I'm going to start on Morris's side. I mean, this one hurts. And mm-hmm. I said coming into this game, they're going to tell us a ton after this contest, even if they lose, with how this one panned out. I mean, they're, they're passing a lot of tests this season. I know it was another loss, and they don't like moral victories, but it's a different Morris club this season than what we've seen in the past chunk of years. We've talked about that coming in. That theme continues with this result on Friday night. Like you mentioned, Wyatt, in the overtime, they have a two-point lead. They get a stop. They have the basketball with two minutes left in overtime with a two-point lead on the road. Carlin misses a good look in the lane, and then Bethany takes advantage and eventually comes up with the win, as you mentioned. But this, this one definitely hurts for the Cougars. But we said coming in, Wyatt, Bethany, I mean, we've seen it over the last multiple years. They can score with, you know, anybody, it seems like, in that North gym. But they also have been kind of susceptible to let up a lot of points. There's a lot of squads putting up some big offensive performances against the Vikings. And they have a lot of length. And I think of guys like Mason Ackley at the top of the list, more on him in a little bit, and Hunter Nielsen as well. As you mentioned, his shot-blocking ability, he had the double-double on Friday night. But it kind of feels like in some of these matchups, Wyatt, Bethany's just saying, we're just going to score more. Because defensively, there are still some things they got to figure out now. They're still super, super talented, and they can get better on that side of the basketball. And you could say at the end of the day, with all the talent they have, it may not matter. But for the time being, that's something to watch moving forward. And why it just feels like with what we've seen this weekend, and again, it's tough because we're going to get to the next matchup here shortly. Drew Sagdahl's he's the guy. If you want an ISO spot, getting downhill, pulling up, spot-up shooter, whatever it is, Drew Sagdahl's the dude. He leads him in scoring in both contests, including in this one on Friday night with 26 points for him. They're so balanced. we said it so many times. Five players in double figures. They survive, but... Morris gave him a heck of a fight. Shout out to you, Mr. Conageezer. You know what, Coach Grove? That's what we like to see. Let your playmaker make plays. 21 field goal attempts. He's only off the floor for three minutes. Leads the way with 22 points. But, 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 Wyatt, the big but. Seven 
turnovers. Yeah. Got to take be better care of the ball. Got to be efficient. I agree. No, seven turnovers. And like you said, I mean, even even the 21 shots, it's great. But 22 points on 21 shots, you'd like that to be perhaps just a little bit better too. But I, we love I mean, the volume. The we I'm, love the I, volume. I, you love the volume. <laughs> I, I hear you there, and I agree with you. Dare I say that Drew Segdahl is put his hat oh. into the ring for oh. player of the year? Oh, dare you. Are, are we you at just that did. point? Are we at that point? I'm asking I would. you. I would. Oh, yeah. He okay. passes the eye that, test, that's for sure. That'll have to be a discussion, I, I think, moving forward at this point. I'm uh, looking forward to that discussion, that is for sure, when we start to think about player of the year. And, boy, that was a fascinating discussion last season all the way down to the wire. All right, more on Bethany and Morris both in a little bit. We said it was a huge weekend for Crown Wyatt. Obviously, coming into the weekend, the Polars were sitting at – one and four. So felt like they had at least one win they needed to have coming into the yep. weekend. Why you talked about that where you said if they have a split and they compete with Bethany, but they lose, I mean, they could show some signs that they could go on a run. Okay. And we're going to get to that matchup with Bethany in a little bit. It's been tough for so many clubs, excuse me. It's been tough for Martin Luther to slow down so many clubs in this conference. I mean, that's just, the way it is right now, it's unfortunate, but I don't really know what else to say, Wyatt. Cade trying to get into more of a groove as he continued to work his way back, this being now his fourth contest back on the floor, I believe, if my numbers are correct. But they kind of the big thing that stuck out to me, Wyatt, looking at the box score after this game, they played him just 20 minutes. He wasn't in foul yeah. trouble, but they're clearly trying to work him back and save his legs for Saturday when they knew they were going to need it in Mankato Another nice performance from uh, my guy Royston leading the way. And, uh, yeah, a win they needed to have. It was. Honestly, though, I think you do got to give Martin Luther some credit. I mean, they kept this to a six-point game at halftime, which, you know, is something we haven't really seen from them a ton this year. So shout-out to them for making Crown work for it. And like you said, uh, Crown maybe being a little bit more mindful of how much they want to play Cade in this game and and they did enough to win the game that that was kind of the mindset I feel like coming into this one we need a win you, you need to go one and one on the weekend this this was the one to make sure you get and then see if you could steal one the next day and they were able to get it I want to see a box score once where when crown takes 37 shots from three they actually hit double digits like I, I it seems yeah. like every time they go above that number for some reason they're not making any of them and then they'll have a game like they did on Saturday I was gonna say just where wait. they shoot 50 percent <laughs> but but again it's not nearly as many attempts though so yeah, it's like uh, it's like when they're missing they keep shooting but when they're making them they don't shoot as many I don't know it's interesting but if I see another nine for 37 or like an eight for 40 or for some reason every time we see that number it seems like they're not making them. So they gotta they got to start making more consistently still, I feel like, if they're going to shoot that many. That's just my opinion, I guess. That is totally valid. And as you mentioned, uh, more on them and their three-point shooting when we talk about their matchup from Saturday. All righty, Wyatt, let's go over to Ashland, Wisconsin. We talked about it coming in. Is Micah Filer going to be back on the floor? Yes, indeed. Appreciate your efforts, young man, for my squad. He leads the way with 34 minutes on the floor, drops 20 points to help lead the charge for the Rams. Tanner Holtman, always been a great shooter, getting set up in nice spots by his teammates, taking full advantage, 5 of 10 from downtown. He dropped 20 points as well. I mean, start to finish, Wyatt Strong first half. Northland trying to make a push in the second half, but too much from the Rams on a huge weekend 
for the Lumberjacks at home. Yeah. Not easy test at all against the Rams and then the Eagles on Saturday, but what are your big takeaways from this matchup Friday night? Well, so you mentioned it was swing Saturday. Obviously, it's a Friday game, but you know what I mean. Like, it was the swing weekend, and that was exactly what it was for for both teams because you look at this game coming into it. Let's say Northland comes away with the win. Well, then they're both 3-3, three and three and Northland has the tiebreaker. You know what I mean? So that's yep. a huge difference for North Central to get this win, go up two games on them, and, and to do it on the road, too. So uh, shout-out to the Rams for getting it done. A lot of guys, though, that, that were, you know, very efficient. I mean, their top four scorers who were all in double figures uh, shot 50% or, or better. You, you know what I mean? So they, they did a great job of distributing the ball. Obviously, having Micah Filer back creates a lot more issues for any defense to try and handle and contain. And the Rams just ended up being too much. At least that's what I would say based on looking at the numbers. So very efficient game for North Central and a great way to start their weekend. On the flip side, yeah, it's a tough weekend for Northland with what they had in front of them. The position that they had put themselves in through the first five games, uh, definitely disappointing if you're you're a lumberjack after Saturday knowing uh, the weekend went the way it did. And it kind of just started on Friday and and never really got off to a good start. And they weren't really able to recover, kind of. So it's a tough one knowing what was in front of them. And basically they're at the point now when you look at the standings for Northland, uh, they got a lot of ground to make up in a short amount of time. So we'll, we'll see if they are up to the task, but uh, certainly not completely out of it yet. Finally, Wyatt, on Friday night, let's stay across the border in Superior, Wisconsin. One of the top matchups that we headlined coming into the weekend. The Jackets coming into the action on Friday night at home. Four and one. The Eagles three and two coming off of their biggest win of the season against Bethany, but Superior, we talked about it. They'd been Road Warriors the weekend before with two big wins. They're back at home. What would give in this contest? We said throughout the season, Wyatt. Superior actually has the capabilities to score with the upper echelon clubs in the past where they haven't been able to when they face a squad like Northwestern or a Bethany or a North Central or a Crown. It kind of felt like a vintage superior of the past game, though, Wyatt, where they welcome in a club into their gym and they just lock them down and they say, we're not going to have to play this shootout-esque or back-and-forth, running-up-and-down-the-floor game with you. We're going to do our thing defensively. We're going to do just enough offensively. We're going to play this game on our terms and win the ball game. And shout-out to a superior club, Wyatt, in this ball game. Again, Not shooting a ton of threes, but doing it efficiently. That's been a theme in our conversation for all of these contests. 6 of 15 from downtown at 40%. I saw most of this ball game. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, Wyatt. From game to game, with this Northwestern club this season, you you just don't know shooting-wise what you're going to get. I mean, Superior obviously knew that you didn't want to give them the hot start that they had against Bethany and let them get into a rhythm, but it's way different playing in your home gym in a packed Erickson center versus going on the road to open up a weekend far from home. Eagles had a lot of open looks and just could not hit. And all the credit in the world goes to Superior for what they were able to do. But it wasn't just initial looks for Northwestern Wyatt. It was the Eagles of old that we've seen in the past couple years. They absolutely dominate the glass. Plus 19. Mm -hmm. 11 offensive rebounds. They're getting second chances left and right. And down the stretch, especially in a tight game, they could not buy a three ball. I mean, so many open looks that they just could not hit. The Eagles finished the night at just 22% from deep at 5 of 13. 
after they just about shot the lights out, the performance before last Saturday against Bethany. I'll shut up and hand it over to you, Wyatt. Is there anything else that sticks out in the box score in this one? An overtime, big-time win for Superior. Another headliner in a season where they have turned the dial and put some more people on notice, knocking off Northwestern in this one. Yeah, I mean, starting with Superior, another huge win for them, one of the hotter teams uh, in the conference by far as well coming into the weekend, and then they do this. Uh, you, you asked me what stands out. Uh, it's the final score just in general. I mean, 57-54, to 54, a very low-scoring game. That's exactly what Superior wanted to do, I'm sure, is to try and shorten this game up, uh, put Northwestern in a position where they had to win the game with their defense, and Superior basically was able to outlast them. So it's a huge win for them on their home court. Again, like you said, just showing how legit and how real they are on the flip side for Northwestern I was stat checking this and I still haven't come to the result they scored 54 points Ryan I'm in the 2017 season right now still looking for the last time they scored 54 points in a conference game only it hasn't happened since you know I haven't even been able to find it it's happened twice this year yeah so that just goes to show you it's a completely different era of Northwestern basketball right now. For whatever reason, this team just has not had as much offensive success. To score 54 points only in two games this year, and I've gone all the way back through all the seasons to 2017 right now, and I still haven't found a game. We're in uncharted territory in recent history for Northwestern basketball. So I think it says a lot about where they're at right now, and they just got to get some things figured out and gelling. And like you said, based on what you saw, open looks, it's not like it yeah. was anything scheme-wise that was wrong. They just didn't make the shots. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. And there's some people listening to this you know, who say, Okay, you got to give credit to the other side. Yes, I, I mean, going back to what North Central did against Northwestern and the Erickson Center, so impressed with their physicality and what they did to make things tough for the Eagles in the last time they scored 54. But especially in this contest, because it's most recently in my mind, I, I don't know what else to say other than why down the stretch, there's no way around it. They just could not hit an open look and you know what, they're on the road and there's other factors and it's tough. And you know what, you got to make the big shots to win ball games, and they got it to overtime, but just could not find a way to close it out. And sometimes the game uh, comes down to that, and it's as simple as that. But give Superior credit, finding a way. They've won in multiple different ways this season. We've talked about it a lot. They find another win, big-time stamp victory for Coach Polkowski and his club. 100%. And not only was it 54 points, it was 54 points and it took overtime to get to that number. Amen. So, yeah. I, 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 clearly, if I was either one of these teams, uh, whether it was the men's or women's game, I'd be checking those rims out. Clearly not a lot of scoring <laughs> going on on Friday night. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, there's something going on with the rims, but uh, I mean, that's, that's very unusual to see uh, two games like that be that low scoring at the same venue. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Wyatt, and you're reminding me now, the announcers on the iFan Sports Network, uh, Don and uh, Matt, who did a nice job on Friday night when Shout I was out, watching. Yeah. Shout out, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were even saying that. They're saying, you know what? I feel like normally when we're sitting here doing this together, there's a lot of offense. I don't know what's going on tonight. They were saying that with both the Jackets and the Eagles in both games. So that's a good point. Friday night, not a lot of scoring whatsoever out in the Mertz, but uh, that's the game of basketball sometimes. you got to pull the Kobe Bryant and just, you know, say the, the rim's a quarter of an inch too too tall or whatever, and then make them measure it. And 
Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it, it is what it is for Northwestern. You got to rebound and, and moving forward, you just got to put it behind you. And uh, if you're superior after that win, uh, you know what you're capable of at this point. They've proven it enough uh, where they are a real contender. There's no question about it. All right. We're through with Friday. Before we move on, Wyatt officially on Friday night action on the men's side went 4-0. and Again, he was perfect on Friday. Men's and Felt women's good. side, shout out to you. I was 3-1. and one. I took the Eagles to take down the Jackets. Clearly, I was wrong with that. So, moving forward to Saturday where uh, we both were 3-1 and one, and we both got one matchup incorrect. We'll get to that in a moment. But starting off on Saturday, Wyatt, Morris, tough pill to swallow after that loss at Bethany Friday night. But they take the short trek from Mankato over to New Ulm. And they take down the Knights 87-63, to built a double-digit halftime lead, coasted all the way to victory, and a nice performance once more by my guy Connor Geezer. Give him a shout-out. Took better care of the basketball, 20 points once more for him. Jarrett Johnson led the way with 22, and Morris is proving why it, night in, night out, they can put the ball in the bucket and find a way to put up big numbers and they could be a club when we look ahead the biggest takeaway i have from this game wyatt if they get in and they're a three or they're a four i mean they've proven with losing at bethany in overtime winning at north central winning at northwestern they're not a club you really want to see in the umac tournament and no. now we're, we're only halfway home but they are really proving themselves to be okay this is a tough matchup, and we know offensively we got to be on because more likely than not, the Cougars are going to put up points. Yeah, I mean, first time through, you tell Coach Grove where they're going to be at at 4-3 and three with the wins that they have. Uh, I think he'd be taking that every single time. You know what I mean? Uh, coming into the year, maybe he wasn't sure what he was going to get, and uh, all things considered to be where they're at right now, uh, I think he's probably very pleased. So I, and, I don't and the, whole... the road wins, all the win, big wins That's what I mean. on the, the road. Way, yeah, the, the way they've won, the teams they've beaten, where they've won the games at. I mean, you got to factor all of it in, and, and it's been a pretty impressive first seven games for Morris. And again, even the losses, Ryan, they're close. It's not like they get blown out. So they're they're competitive every single time they step on the court, which which you certainly love to see. So. Uh, not a whole lot else to add, I guess, on this one. Again, kind of a tough spot for Martin Luther with how the season's gone. I hate to keep saying it, but it's kind of like when, when these teams play them too, they're, they're getting the bad break of it always seems like the teams they play are coming off a loss. So yeah. so then they're, they're taking it out on them, and it's a get-right spot for them. So that has not worked out well for Martin Luther either this year, it seems like. And I'll kind of group that with Northland in the next game against Northwestern too, not that Northland has had uh, similar problems per se. But again, this was a spot for them after a disappointing loss where they're playing another team that had a, a tough one on Friday. And Northwestern goes in there and, and just takes it to them. They get the offense rolling again, have a big game. And, and certainly, uh, I mean, cut me off if you didn't want me to take this approach. But I know the other two games are ones we're going to want to spend some time on. No, so I just good. figured we could, we could jump to this one and just quick talk about it. Because I know the other two are probably uh, we're going to have more to say on. But yeah, I mean, Northland, kind of a similar deal where Northwestern was coming in, uh, kind of needed to take out some frustrations, and Kyle came in by far his best performance of the year. So I'm sure you'd love to see career that. Career high. Give, career high. you got to give a shout-out to Parker Bainey, too. Yes. Right? My boy Parker, double-double, so you love to see that. Double-double plus leading uh, with five assists. The, 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 the diaper dandy out there, you know, putting up 15 <laughs> and 10, plus five assists. Like you said, you just you love to see that, so... A uh, good performance from Northwestern on the road to kind of wrap up the weekend. And, uh, you know, and again, 
we're, we're used to a different standard for Northwestern. All this, you know, this, that problem here, they're, they're still 4-3. and three. I mean, they still have yep. a winning record in UMAC playing. We're saying all of this. There's not many teams we could say that about. So uh, all things considered, they'll, they'll be right there, I'm sure, by the end of the year. And for Northland now, like I said, kind of an alluded to after Friday, it, it was a swing weekend for them, swing Saturday, and they swung the uh, wrong direction. So a lot of uh, ground to make up now, certainly not out of it, but uh, some answers that need to be uh, found for Coach Sorensen's club for sure yeah you, you point to performances like we saw last Saturday and this one's different against the Northland club versus Bethany but you point to it and you say all right they got it in them it's the same thing I said last week on the recap pod I'll say the same thing here the Eagles got it in them to be in that conversation and to win the UMAC again and we'll just see what we get late in February, and we'll have better prognostications Excuse me, going into the conference tournament. If they do make the conference tournament, we get into that point because that's not a given yet. There's still work left to do. But, uh, yeah, good bounce back for Northwestern to stay above 500 now at 4-3. and three. All right, Wyatt, you mentioned it. I'm glad you grouped these last two together. Where do you want to go first? I'll let you decide. Where are we going? Are well, we staying, are we we staying can... in Wisconsin? Or where I are we was going to say, yeah, yeah, we'll go back in the order. You're supposed to be the one leading, remember? I was okay. supposed to follow. But if you're going to give me the reins, Let, I would say let's stay in Wisconsin. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so we're going to go over to Superior. Jackets coming off of a tight, big-time, overtime win over Northwestern, as we mentioned, on Friday night. So coming into the matchup, the Jackets feeling real good at 5-1, and one, continuing to stack victories. Tied with Bethany at the top of the conference coming into the action on Saturday. North Central, on the other hand, coming off of a victory at Northland, also feeling pretty good at 4-2, and two, just a game back, winning their last two contests. And uh, this one was real good, Wyatt. Tight game going into the locker room. North Central found a way to get a few adjustments going into the second half again. Big players make big plays and big moments and step up yes, on sir. the road. Micah Filer only leaves the floor for two minutes. He's got to be a leader and the go-to and make plays on both ends of the floor. He does that. 23 points, 9 of 16 from the field, six boards. You'll love to see that. I especially do for my squad. But Caden Freetley, another guy who, I, I'll be honest, straight up, didn't know a lot about whatsoever coming into the season. But he has some good length. He can cause some problems defensively. He did some impressive things when I saw him in person. Uh, last month, he is a double-double with 14 and 10. And then they're just balanced from there, Wyatt. G. Seth doing his thing with 11 points. I'm just reading off numbers here. Most people don't care about this. I mentioned Tanner Holtman, the big performance he had on Friday. Two big-time threes for this one on Saturday. But their yep. defense, again, that's where I want to sit on, Wyatt. Yeah, Superior does more offensively than they did Friday night. But they've put up darn near 80, if not 80-plus, multiple times this year. The Rams did it on the road at Northwestern last month to hold them to 54. They hold the Jackets to 63. Wyatt, when we look at North Central teams of the past, when they've been oh so close and they've gotten to a UMAC semifinal but lost or been right on the precipice and haven't found a way to get to that last stage of February like they've liked to do so, how many times has it been like a 82 to 75 loss. I think last year, if we actually look back, and I'll find this here as you're talking, but when they lost in the semis at Crown, I think Crown scored at or near 80 points in that ballgame. In these big moments, especially on the road, like I just pointed out, defensively, they're answering the bell where they're not having to have their offense do as much. And I'm looking last year as a little lower scoring than I actually thought it was. So apologies on that. They fell 72 to 68 to the Rams. But defensively is where. 
I think I want to sit. And two guys who we talk about a lot, they held Fahrenholtz and Walker combined to four points. And I'll hand it over to you, Wyatt. A tight four-point victory for the Rams. What sticks out from this one? Well, so, and did you say you did get a chance to watch some of the end of this one, or you did not? I were you all eyes, all well, eyes on Bethany and Crown. For I'll you? be honest. Yes, I had the live stats up, but I I could not take my eyes off the stream of Bethany and Crown was fantastic. So apologies to Jackets yeah. and Rams supporters. I mean, that, it was no, hard for me to go away game. from that game. Yeah, exactly. It was just a better game going on. So uh, the reason I ask is because I'll bring it up in a second. But how do you finish a game? That's that's important to note. And North Central did a great job of finishing this game so tanner holman knocks down a three when it's 58 to 57 that puts them up by four then they get the turnover they get a stop work 20 more seconds off and like you said big players make big plays micah filer knocks down a jumper that pushes it to six and then uh, eventually it does get back to a two-point game uh, no problem we'll get the ball to micah filer he'll just knock down another jumper with 25 seconds left push the lead back up to four and this is why i asked if you were watching the next thing on the play-by-play after he makes that jumper at 24 seconds to take a four-point lead, mind you, comes at nine seconds. It's a missed layup. So what took Superior so long to get a shot 15 off? 15 seconds, it, great point. Yeah, yep. that, that, that should not – you got to work a little bit quicker. So I'd be curious to go back and watch that and just see. But give North Central a ton of credit. They finished this game. Micah Filer, two huge shots. Holtman's three. Great way to finish it down the stretch. This game was huge for a number of reasons, the way it ended up finishing, because obviously right at the top – North Central now owns the tiebreaker over Superior. They're both five and two, and they'll obviously play again later this year. But that's big right now. The first yep, time they'll through, get them at home if next you can time. Get the tiebreaker, and they'll get them at home. And, and if that ends up being the case, where those two are locked in at the two and three, like it's situated now in the standings, it might matter a little bit where that game is played. You don't necessarily want to make that long trip if you can stay in your own dorm room and be able to play on your gym floor. You know what I mean? So that could make a difference. So big, big result for a lot of reasons. Uh, but Micah Filer, I, I mean, what one more can you say about him obviously a candidate for player of the year when he's healthy and doing his thing one of if not the best scorers in the conference and he stepped up big and also Holtman's three for a guy that ended up only scoring eight points but again he hit the big shot when it mattered uh, they're able to get the win in superior a team that was red hot uh, maybe a little bit of a surprising setback for him, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. I'm sure they felt comfortable with the way they were playing coming into this game, thinking they could get the win, move to 6-1, and one, uh, stay on track, I guess, on pace with the Vikings, who ended up you know, in an absolute classic getting a win. So, uh, yeah, it's probably a little bit of a disappointment for Superior in that sense, and to go all the way from tied from first down to uh, you know third, it's a big swing. Swing Saturday for a reason, like you said. Tough pill to swallow for the Jackets to finish the weekend wide and moving forward. I'm going to remind myself, you keep me honest as well. What do they do next weekend and going into February on the glass, and can they get their mojo mm-hmm. back offensively? Because they still won the game Friday against Northwestern when they got bullied on the glass. Did enough offensively. Offense not quite back at the rate they would like it to be in this contest. I mean, without the bench scoring of, you know, Levy Miguel and Ethan Renz, I don't know where they'd be. They get 29 off the bench from those two guys, and guys like Farron Holtz and Walker really, really struggle, like I mentioned. Reed Johnson settled down as well. He only makes one triple. But again, Wyatt, rebounding. North Central did this so well in their road win at Northwestern last month in this game. Bully them 
43 to 27. What did I say? The Eagles were plus 16 or 18 on the glass Friday night. I don't remember what the number was exactly that I said, but North Central does it to the Jackets again. Plus 16 on the glass, 10 offensive rebounds. Wide in tight games like this, that's the difference. Who wants it more? And clearly, yeah. the Rams wanted it more on Saturday. No, no lies detected, I guess, uh, is what I'll say. I mean, you're, you're the one saying they wanted it more, so I guess uh, maybe some uh, superior fans will uh, hit you up if they if they don't like it. I welcome but, uh, it. Come on go. in. There you go. That's what we like to see. All right, we got to get to the game of the weekend, and you said you had all your eyes on this one, so I mean – I can give my thoughts from the box scores, but you're you're the one that's going to have a lot to say, and you can actually give some insight. So I want you to just lay it all out there. You had a lot to say about this one. What a game it was in uh, Mankato on Saturday. Well, I had you know multiple offers to do things and have plans on Saturday at this time <laughs> down the stretch, and I was going to have to give the game up at halftime. But I said I can't leave. I was calling and texting people and saying, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going anywhere until this game finishes. And it was a great decision. No, I'm kidding. That's a bunch of garbage. It, but <laughs> it, it was a great decision. If the Vikings would have been playing uh, the different Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, would you have uh, turned that on instead? Well, that's, that's have, a uh, tough question. If we were in a playoff oh, game, oh, you're yeah. saying, at this time? Well, yeah, if we're in Philly getting the brakes beaten <laughs> off of us, 38-7 to 7 or whatever that final score ended up being, would hey, you we, have kept that game on? Hey, we would have played San Fran. We wouldn't have played Philly. Not to that's, true. that's true. That's true. You're, you're right. Anyway, too soon, too soon. Why? No, I mean, this one, oh my goodness. This lived up to the hype and then some. And hey, shout out to Bethany Lutheran for the broadcast staying on throughout the game. I mean, if we would have gotten <laughs> Mankato hockey terrorism late in the second half, I would have oh just about lost it. But uh, no, great call. And uh, Ryan Craig, head baseball coach, Wyatt, he was the color commentator for the contest. So interesting You're perspective kidding. from him. I'm not kidding. How about that? I never knew that he uh, dabbled with that, I guess. so He, he was the Bethany the historian, you know. and he was saying, I don't know if I've seen many games better than this in my time here at He's Bethany. He's been there and, a long time. And, yeah. and he, was, he was mentioning that. And this one, man, oh, man, Wyatt, crown comes out real hot. 13-4 to start. Bethany has to call timeout, try to regroup. They are red hot from downtown early, okay? And some of the three balls that he was making – Late first half, into the second half, especially when he got on a run. Cade Carroll, was good to see him back and in a groove. Player of the year candidate a season ago. We mentioned he'd be right up there near the top again this season, but again, he was out for a lot of games. He's been back for the last couple weeks, and this is as good as he has looked, Wyatt. Multiple three balls where they got an excellent closeout, hand in the face. He's still letting it go. Quick trigger, knocking him down. He and Seth Royston were fantastic for the Polars. Clearly, the game plan was to shoot it over the top, pick and pop. If they're not coming out on you, let's let it go, and let's go win a track meet. You said it coming in, Wyatt. Big shout-out to you. You said, I feel like this game could kind of get up and down and be sort of a track meet, and it could be a shootout when we look up at the scoreboard at the end of the contest late Saturday afternoon. I don't know if those were your exact words, but feels like you said Close something enough. along sounds those lines. Good. So sounds good to me. <laughs> and if you would have told me it was going to double overtime, I would have said uh, TDW watch for both teams. Yeah, and it hit. Oh, it hit big time wide. Uh, good good note on that. TDW once more. You know, every time Bethany plays in the North Gym, should we just flash the TDW? I mean, well, every I, time. I, unless it's against <laughs> unless it's against Superior at this point because of what they've proven they can do defensively, yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, when they play maybe North Central later in the year, we'll have to pause with that with the defense they've played. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to that, Wyatt. So, 
I don't even know how many different other directions to go. I was sending you way too many messages during this game just about what I was witnessing. Okay. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jacob Masick was making some plays early in the ball game, getting into the lane for the Polars. But Bethany just continually finding ways to get buckets, especially leading my squad, Drew Sagdahl. I mean, what a weekend, young man. I mentioned what he did in the action Friday night in their overtime win against Minnesota Morris. And this one, Wyatt, double-double, 36 points, 11 boards. He plays 46 minutes. I mean, when you go double overtime, there's 50 overall minutes. So he had to go off the floor for four minutes. But 15 of 27 from the field, Wyatt. He's a great marksman. Here's the crazy thing. If I told you that Bethany is going to put up 110 points, how many three balls would you say that they're going to make? Well, that's the first thing that stands out to me. I wouldn't have said two, which is what they did. It's kind of funny because it's like these two teams did the opposite of what we've kind of seen them do this year where Crown struggled from deep. And Bethany's been, you know, a team that's been able to fill it up. They kind of reverse roles in this game almost. And Bethany still came out on top. That's that's why it's funny when you look at the box score, it doesn't always tell the full story necessarily. Because you look at some of those numbers, you'd say there's no way Bethany won the game. Yeah, I, I'm glad that stuck out to you as well, Wyatt. When they just go 2 or 13 and Crown finds a way to slow them down from deep, just like Northwestern did in their last contest last Saturday. Even still, they find a way to put up huge numbers. And in large part, Wyatt, offensive glass again, especially Mason Ackley. Man, oh man, what a second half that kid had. I mean, I I don't know where they would be in a game like that and even in some spots against Northwestern to keep them tight, Wyatt. He could be the biggest addition through the transfer portal out of a number of big names that we've seen on a different squad this season. I would say he's number one. For what he has done coming from Superior to Bethany, he is massive defensively. He has 24 points and 13 boards. And shout out to Coach Greg, uh, Craig on the call, excuse me. He was saying late in this contest, you could tell me he doesn't score or touch the ball or shoot a basketball the whole entire game. He would still be ultra valuable because when they put him on Cade with... I think there was four or five, maybe six minutes left in the game. It was tough for Cade to touch the basketball. I mean, he's face guarding him away from the ball, making it tough for him to get any breathing room. When he did, it's on a handoff, and he's four feet outside of the three-point line, and there's not much of anything he can do whatsoever. I mean, Cade's breathability and ability to continue to put up shots totally changed when they put Mason on him. Now, give credit to Crown. They're still trying to find ways. But when they're digging in, Wyatt... And they're forcing a tough jump shot, and they're digging in real hard, and you're just exhaling and saying, oh, thank goodness, now we can get a rebound and go the other way. No! 16 whopping offensive rebounds for Bethany. Mm -hmm. Massive down the stretch for them to get this game into overtime, and I hate to say it, Wyatt, but the longer this game went on, at least myself, I was just saying, Crown is wishing this thing they got over with. Oh, my goodness. Crown is wishing they could have sealed this thing. Because when you're the underdog, and you're on the road, and guys are cramping on both sides of the floor, and I don't blame them for that because it's a it's a long, grueling game, and it's the you know second day of a hard back-to-back in this league. The further it went, the more you think that Bethany's going to find a way to pull this thing out. And at near the end of regulation, like Cade can't touch the ball whatsoever, but Crown gets an ISO look with about 30 or 25 seconds left, Seth Royston top of the key. They're making it real tough on him to get a driving lane. He takes one step inside the three-point line. Masick away from the ball with a great back cut. He hits him on the nose. Masick, I think he took maybe one dribble, goes up with it, and, man, he's going to wish he could have that shot back. He misses a bunny. 
off the glass that would have put them in front with near 20, 25 seconds left. Bethany goes down with the rebound, and they didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, Sagdahl, they just kind of let him take the basketball. Couldn't really get any penetration. He launches a three fading away from the right wing that's off the back iron, and then we go into overtime, and Bethany eventually wins in double overtime. But, I mean, why? just a fantastic, awesome, awesome game. One of the best that I have seen since I've watched UMAC basketball the last handful of seasons. It doesn't get much better than that for two clubs who stepped up to the plate and then some. And for how many times we've said on this pod, Wyatt, okay, for the folks who aren't familiar with D3 basketball, especially in the UMAC, and you're rolling your eyes and you're saying, why would I invest any time into watching that, following it from afar, and caring whatsoever about what goes on. Watch that contest and tell me that that is not high-level, compelling basketball and that you have to be a serious high-level athlete to play, even though it's D3 and it's the UMAC and I get that whole moniker that people knock it with. No, and I know for most people who are listening, they get this. But for an outsider, show them the tape of that action from Saturday in the North Gym. I know Crown has got to be absolutely gutted. They had so many guys with great performances, but... Shout out to Bethany, Coach Garvin, and his staff finding the right combinations. I'm going to hand it back over to you, Wyatt, after I mention. You mentioned Xavier Patterson, what he's done off the bench, what he did Friday. I don't know if this is going to be for the rest of the season because they take Shrupp out of the starting five and they play X. And all he does is score 27 points, 11 of 19 from the field. Nothing too fancy, nothing too special. Just an average game. Yeah. And how about this, Wyatt? They win the ball game. And a guy who's been struggling the last couple games, they do it with Jax Madsen going 2 of 15 from the field and yeah. 0 of 8 from deep. And they still yeah. win. So so they had the big three, or a big three. I'm not saying it's the big three, but they were the three, obviously. The, like you said, X, Ackley, and then uh, Sagdahl. They, they combined for 87 points, which is just ridiculous when you think about it. Uh, the, the other things that really stand out as far as uh, the box were the rebound, like you said, rebounds were huge, 59 to 41. So that, that did crown in a little bit. And then crown shot the free throw. Okay. Bethany was a little bit better though. 18 for 20, you know, that's, that's how you, you win these games. You make your free throws shoot 90% at the line as a team. Uh, that make, makes a big difference in the long run. And going back to how great of a game it was, uh, you know, we follow Cade Carroll on Twitter, and he tweeted and, and said it was the best game he's ever been a part of at, at the college level. And this is a guy that's played at a higher level than Division Three, even. And he's yeah, he was so playing D two earlier in his career. Yeah. So, so that gives a little bit of insight into just how good this game was, and, and like you said, the level of play that's out there on the court when, when you get this, uh, these kinds of games. So absolutely just instant classic, as they say, uh, a ton of fun. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of the highlights, but it, it's one of those deals where, like you said, Crown maybe down the stretch at the end of this year is going to be looking back and saying we really would have liked to have that one. Maybe not. Maybe they'll they'll still get in and and it won't matter. But uh, it's it's a kind of game that uh, was there for them to take on the road. A great opportunity. And Bethany they they just found a way to win. They grinded it out. Not only are they six and one in conference play, they're fifteen and three. Ryan, what a special season Coach Garvin's squad has going right now, and, and a great opportunity now in front of them with that loss by Superior. They're in first place by themselves, sole possession. Uh, they, they control their own destiny at, at this point to just go and do their thing and potentially win the regular season and uh, get to have the conference tournament run through the North Gym uh, there in Bethany. So great game, 
it's one of those deals where you hate to see uh, it come to an end because of how good it is. I mean, eventually it has to, obviously. But uh, it, it's one of those games that we'll be talking about for a long time, that's for sure. And Bethany uh, just did a little bit more to, to get it done at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, if you were to tell Polar fans that you're going to hold the Vikings to 2 of 13 from deep and Cade and Seth are going to shoot a combined 10 of 18 from deep, you're going to shoot 50% from behind the arc. How do you lose the game? A lot, lot of good stats. A lot of good I stats. I mean, there, there's so we... many numbers in this game. You're right. And they finished they're... at 50% from deep while it crowned it. They were at or near 60-plus percent for it felt like almost all of regulation. So they cooled off considerably to, to finish at 50%. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and uh, you know, that's that's why we run through all these numbers and stuff, and we do that when we do our previews. And as I always tell you, the game isn't played on paper, though. Or Thankfully it isn't, because that'd be it's boring. It's played out there. Exactly. Yeah. It's played out there on the court, and that's why we do it, and that's why we throw the ball up in the air and have the tip. And, uh, yeah, that's that's why stats it, don't always necessarily tell the whole story. They do not. And one one final quick note, because I know we got to wrap why I put on Bethany. How many times did we talk about it last season? And even actually when we talked with Coach Garvin in early November when looking ahead to this season, the close games that they have lost in the past, especially last season when we looked at it, I think they finished conference play with five losses, I want to say, and they were in that three-way tie and all those tiebreaker shenanigans that still gives me a headache between Crown, Bethany, and North Central. No, I'm just kidding. But this year, especially this weekend, look no further. Yep. Overtime win against Morris. Double overtime win against Crown. Yeah, they lost the one at Northwestern, but they also have a tight victory down the stretch against Superior on their home floor. Saw it multiple times last year at home, and overall, they couldn't close in the final five minutes. I know Coach Garvin and his assistants probably haven't liked the stress, but they are finding ways to close out games when maybe it's not their best, maybe it's not perfect. They are winning games in nail-biting time this season. Well, I'll tell you this much. If anybody ever sponsored our pod, one of the first things I would suggest we do is get somebody, not Bauman, because he's doing way too much already <laughs> as it is, but somebody else to like be the historian to go back and, yeah. and look at all the different stuff. Because when was the last time a team won back-to-back games on the same weekend in overtime? You know what I mean? Or, and and let alone one. a double overtime game. So that's the kind of information we could have if somebody is willing to step up to the plate here. Yeah, come on, and people. And sponsor. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. I mean, we could take this thing to the real next level at that point. So good stuff. I don't have anything else to add on the men's side. Obviously, like I said, Bethany's in first place. North Central Superior 5-2. and two. Morris Crown and uh, Northwestern 4-3. and three. Crown and Northland 2-5. and five. Martin Luther, I'd say they're the only ones out of it at this point at 0-7. I still think Crown and Northland, uh, they got work to do two games back. It's it's not impossible, though, that they still sneak in there maybe and, and take that last spot. And you said coming into the weekend, Wyatt, to circle back that a split wouldn't be the worst thing for Crown if they can prove mm-hmm. to us that they're at the next level. So well, overall, and, and it's what, a tough pill to swallow, but is it a successful weekend for Crown, would you say? I don't necessarily say a successful weekend. It, it's it's not a disastrous weekend. It's not a, a loss on the weekend by any means in that aspect, but it's also not a successful weekend. You would have liked to have gone For to sure. know. But with the way they lost that game, that's why I feel more comfortable with them and confident in them to sneak up maybe and get that last spot than I do like a team like Northland who, who yep. kind of digressed and r- r- progressed downward almost more than anything uh, this weekend with their results. So Crown seems to be getting better on the up and up. You could make the case it's kind of going the other way for Northland, although they both are still in it to get that last spot potentially. 
Yeah, and they got that nice stretch at home, like I mentioned in our last conversation, after one more road game. And boy, oh boy, that's a big one. You talked about it on the women's side. One of them we're looking forward to, Wyatt. Crown at Morris on Saturday. It's a tough test for the Polars, but uh, maybe that's a must win. Maybe it isn't. Stay tuned for our next conversation, but uh, there are some juicy ones on the docket coming up on Saturday. Very good. Take us out, my good man. Yeah, uh, Wyatt is uh, doing well on the woman's side. As we mentioned, I have some injuries to deal with. Not that anyone cares about the fantasy, but uh, yeah, he is beating me in predictions by six. We had a pretty good weekend, though, Wyatt. What did you say? We were 20... 26 and six. 26 which, and six. You know, it's not the, bad. The, week, the week before, I said, let's go 25 and seven, and I think we missed it by a couple. And, and you know, we're able to uh, surpass that mark this week, so we'll take it. And like I said, we're bettering our best. We're going to make a mark here, so keep in mind what your record is right now because we're officially at the halfway point. So we'll see if it gets better in the second half or if we uh, go backwards. I have a feeling we can we can do even better here in the second half than we did in the first half. I agree. The uh, The picture is definitely getting clearer, and uh, I like the lead I have on the men's side, but you're up on the women's side, and predictions are up for grabs. So uh, all those side games have been uh, fun to follow. Hope you at home are enjoying that as well. Rest assured, we are actively working to get more interviews for your listening pleasure in the week and weeks uh, to come. We are halfway home, as we've mentioned throughout this conversation. Looking forward to getting back on later this week to preview week number five. Again, it is unique where there are just matchups on Saturday, nothing on Friday, but still eight contests, four on each side that we are looking forward to. It's late. I need to shut up and we got to uh, move on to other things, but do appreciate all of your ears and the feedback as always. If you'd like to get in touch with us, inbox is open, UAO the UMAC at gmail.com, or you can shoot us any notes, direct messages, or otherwise on Twitter as well. We are at UAO, the UMAC. You can just search unlike any other, the UMAC. Continuing to change our best, better our best, is why it likes to say we are living on a prayer and halfway there this season in the UMAC.